Hello, and welcome to the podcast of Pastor James Biddle and Emmanuel Assemblies of God in Knoxville, Tennessee. We're so glad you've taken the time to listen. If you're ever in our area, we invite you to join us for one of our worship services. For times and locations, please visit at EmmanuelAG.com. Remember, we are blessed to be a blessing. Heavenly Father, we thank you as we do every day for your word. My prayer this morning is that we, we grow as we see more of you. You said, Father, that as we esteem your word, that it would bear fruit according to Colossians 1.7. That's my heart this morning is, God, that we would see you, that we would be changed, and we would be changed into your image. I pray this morning, 2 Corinthians 5.5, 5, for a mighty deposit of your spirit in the people. Thank you, Lord, that uh, Luke chapter 5, we press in this morning to hear the word of the living God. Let it change us. Lord, many in this room need answers. Many in this room need revelation. God, many in this room today need a fresh word, fresh touch from heaven. That's our prayer in Jesus' name. And would you just say amen if you agree. We've been talking to you the last couple of weekends about rising with the resurrection. Today is the last message in rising with the resurrection, and I won't take too much time to review, but we do have a podcast. Uh, We appreciate our AV team. They do such a great job setting that up each and every week. If you have iTunes or, uh, yeah, you have one fan in the house. (laughs) Can we clap for the AV team that does the podcast? Or I may be doing it myself if we don't encourage them a little more. But every week they put this online and it's, they keep it up and it's, it's really a blessing. So if you ever miss, jump online. Get on the iTunes app. Search for Emmanuel Assembly Knoxville. Pull that up. Log on. We have a lot of people that listen out of state. Uh, we've had close to 800 listens already uh, in, in other states. Come on. Can we give God thanks? We are making a difference for the Lord. So we're talking about rising with the resurrection. And really, guys, where I want to start today, we're going to kind of jump ahead just for time's sake. I can't review, get the podcast, it'll help you out. But we begin to talk about rising with the resurrection. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2, this is our text scriptures for this passage. And how many know Jesus is alive? How many know we serve a risen God? There's all kinds of things that could happen if Jesus didn't rise from the dead. But this church believes He rose, and because He rose, we can rise with Him. How many know the, the gospel is not something just to know, it's something to experience? It's something to be. It's something to do. There's a higher calling than just coming to a worship service on Sundays. Thank God for the Sunday worship service. But being a Christ follower is such a higher calling than just what we do on Sundays. And so we want to rise with resurrection. Life may have you down. You may be in the pit. You may be looking up to see zero. You may be looking up just to see the ground. Wherever you are today in your walk with God, because Jesus is alive and God raised Him from the dead, we can actually rise with the resurrection. Ephesians chapter 2. Once you were dead because of your disobedience and many sins. How many of you can say amen to the many sins part? We once were dead because of our disobedience and our many sins. Sins. Now let's go on down uh, to the next one that you have loaded. I took a few out just for time's sake. So what's the next one here in Ephesians chapter 2? I think verse 4. And it says, but God, if you could go back. It says, but God is rich in mercy. So we were dead because of our sins and disobedience. But God was rich in mercy. He loved us so much. Everybody say this when we say, God loved me so much. It wasn't enough just to be rich in mercy. It wasn't enough for God just to love you. He was so rich in mercy, and He so loved us. I I love the phrasing of that passage. God so loved us. He was so rich in mercy. That verse 5, even when we were dead because of our sins, He gave us life. When He raised Christ from the dead. So I was dead, but when He raised Christ from the dead, life was made available to me. And now as a follower of Christ, the Spirit of God lives in me. I now have life. I can rise with the resurrection. Look at verse 6. For He raised us from the dead along with Christ, and He seated us with Him in heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. And we begin to give you five realms of rising with the resurrection. If you're new to this church, we love alliteration. We think alliteration is anointed. And if you don't like it, I'm preaching. I don't care. But we are going to rise with the resurrection. So we gave you five realms of rising with the resurrection. Number one, if you'll see this on the screen, number one is revelation and illumination. 
The Bible says Satan, the God of this world system, has blinded the minds of those that are not walking with Christ. And so revelation comes to our heart about the resurrection and we're illuminated to the fact that we are a sinner, we need a Savior and how much God loves us. And that leads to regeneration and rebirth. When I receive revelation of the resurrection and what that means, that I can now be a friend of God, Something happens on the inside of me. I'm born into the kingdom of God. God takes my dead man, my old self, and in my spirit gives me life. And I'm regenerated. I'm taken back to the original state in my spirit that God intended. And that leads to a reactivation of God's promises. We went all the way back to the Garden of Eden back in Genesis. And we saw there was a perfect union with God, perfect fellowship with God. And now in my spirit, I now have perfect access to the Father because I've been regenerated. I've been reborn. And now all the promises of God have been reactivated in my life. We looked at 2 Peter 1 that said we've been given all things that pertain to life and godliness. By His power, by His divine power, we've been given all things that pertain to life and godliness. And we begin to talk to you about activating God's promises. And you know, just because you have something given to you, there's some action steps you have to take to activate the promises of God. And so we gave you here just a few things pertaining to activating God's promises. You'll see it on the screen. Number one, faith is activated by God's Word. So I'll read God's Word and I'll read a promise. Romans 10, 17 says, Faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. So when I read God's Word, when I see His promise, it's alive. Faith is activated in my heart. And then I receive revelation of that promise. I take it personal. This promise is for me. This promise in God's Word is for my family. And that activates my faith. And then I meditate and that activates revelation. Now we're not talking about meditating like sitting down with incense and you know just you know chanting some phrase meditation means to roll over and over and over again in your mind and meditation means in the hebrew language to imagine so let me break this down for you i read uh, i read in the bible a promise of God for my family, that my family can serve the Lord. I read in God's promise that God will be my provider. And I begin to meditate on that promise and I begin to think about it. And I'm, I roll it over and over and over again in my mind, over and over. And I begin to see myself with my bills paid every month. I begin to see myself with money in my bank account because of God and His faithfulness. I'll take a bank account sometimes if it starts getting low and I'll get that thing out. I'll get out Photoshop and I'll put a couple of zeros on the end of my balance. And I'll put that thing there and I can't let my wife see it because she'll get excited and <laughs> go spend money we don't have. <laughs> but I'll, I'll do that. And, and I told you the story about a, a minister that I know who was very sick. He was very ill. His, he used to be very fit, very healthy, but yet he was working all the time. He could barely walk. He could barely even talk. And he went through a terrible time of sickness in his life. He was praying and preaching and loving people, but he had this incredible heart challenges. And he used to be a bodybuilder. He used to work out. And he took a picture of himself healthy, took a picture of himself young, and he put it on his refrigerator. He put it on his mirror. And he said every time he would go in, he would say, in Jesus' name, I'm going to get back to that. Now he's 56, 58 years old. He can do like 3,000 push-ups, 3,000 sit-ups. It's incredible. He's just a picture of health. He runs three times a week. No more sickness. It's because of God's power. God completely restored him. But when did it begin? It began with an imagination. It began on meditating on the promises of God. So to meditate, when we meditate, it brings revelation. This promise is for me. I can see myself healed and whole. I can see myself emotionally stable. I can see myself with my bills paid every month. I can see myself out of debt. I can see myself serving and loving and giving. And it, it, it brings a revelation. And that brings observation. And that means progress. We're moving forward in the things of God. So that's how we activate God's promises. Now, let's go to number four, or we will never get out of here today. Number four, new ground. I mean, no, that's just the review. If we get that excited about the review, buckle your seatbelt, amen? I got up at 5.30 this morning, just excited, ready to go. So I am full of energy, except I'm a little disappointed. Apparently my children drank all of our milk yesterday. I'm pretty upset about it. I have to have milk and coffee. And I asked my wife why she didn't notify me we were out of milk, and apparently that was the wrong thing to ask at 5.30 in the morning. She didn't care that I wasn't going to get my coffee. I didn't quite say it probably that nice if we're just confessing here. 
She's like, it's 5.30, I don't care, go to the store. I was like, I'm not going to the store at 5.30. All right, number four. So the first realm of rising with the resurrection is revelation, illumination, leads to regeneration, rebirth. It leads to a reactivation of God's promises in your life. Then my favorite one of all, it leads to renewal and refreshing. How I many know with God and with the Spirit, there is a renewing, there's a refreshing. And I believe I have a a word for you this morning, I believe from the Lord. Now, let me just tell you very honestly, I'm not here today to make friends, but I love you. But I love you enough to share with what the Lord put in my heart. And it's good. It's all good. Don't, nobody's like panicking now. But, but the things I'm going to share today may not make me the most popular of, of, of persons, but I, I love you enough to share God's word with you, not based on what you think about me. So it's good. It's all good. It's all helpful. But I just want you to know today that, that my motivation really is for you. It really is to help you. And as I scan the crowd, we've got the right word for the right day. So renewal and refreshing. I want you to see this this morning in a real powerful way. Turn to John chapter 20. So how many know before the resurrection, it was a very chaotic time for the disciples? They were running and hiding and fleeing for their life. Extremely chaotic. But after the resurrection, which is in John 20, something happens to the disciples. There's something imparted to them. So Jesus said to them again, Peace I leave with you, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I'm also sending you. Now look at the next verse. It says, And when he said this, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. So as a part of the resurrection, there's a gift given to every believer. And it's the gift that the Holy Spirit of God can live on the inside of us. And this is such a powerful verse. Let me show you what happened in Acts chapter 3 and verse 19. We're just going to look at some scriptures this morning and connect the Holy Spirit working in our lives to rest, renewal, and refreshing. Look with me at Acts chapter 3 and verse 19. Therefore, repent and return so that your sins may be wiped out in order that times of, say it with me, refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. You know what I love about God's presence? There's always a refreshing about God's presence. A few years ago, my kids were bringing things home from school and they had these little plants and, and we're not the best plant people. We forget about them. Uh, I guess when it gets cold outside, you're supposed to bring them in. And so we, we don't have a great record with making plants, you know, beautiful and grow and all that thing. And so one of the kids had planted a little bean that was supposed to grow. And I guess you're supposed to water it on a daily basis. And who, you know, who would have thought that? And so the little plant like died and they were very, very sad. And, and we said, what can we do? And I was like, well, I'll go to the farmer's market and I'll buy another bean and I'll plant it. And they'll think that it's come back to life. Tara's like, that's dishonest. I was like, well, it may be, but my kids will be happy once again. There'll be peace in the house once again. And I said, I know what we'll do. I said, I remember my grandmother way back in the day. She would water it and then she would put it out in the sun and it would take a little wilted plant and it would be, come back to life. And I said, let's just water this thing and let's pray over this thing. Because how many know when you're eight, a bean that you have grown is a big deal when you're eight. Some of you are like, it's a big deal to me, praise God. So, so we watered the thing and we put it in the window and we opened the window and, and, and every day when the sun would move, we would move it to different places and we were real diligent. And that thing came back to life. It grew so big. I finally told my wife, I said, we're going to have to get this thing out of here. I said, this is not a, a forestry inside of my house. I mean, it's taken over the entire windowsill. Why? What happened? We exposed it to the sun. We gave it the water and it became refreshed. It was wilted, dried out and dead. But in the right environment, the right elements, it brought it back to life. This morning when we were singing and worshiping the Lord, when... when <clears throat> invited God's presence into this place, I felt refreshed. Anybody else feel refreshed in God's presence? So look at this refreshing that Jesus promised. Look at John 14, 27. John 14, 27, Jesus declared this to His disciples. He said, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you, not as the world gives. Do not let your heart be troubled. Do not be fearful. So an element of the resurrection is we should be refreshed and we should be renewed. How many of you have met a Christian that was not quite so refreshed? How many of you are sitting beside one of them today? Any? Gail, don't raise your hand. We've all met believers. We've all met believers who were a little edgy. 
It's like, geez, you woke up on the wrong side of the bed today, right? I just think as a follower of Christ, we ought to have a little joy about us. Come on, somebody. I just think as a follower of Christ, we ought to have a little love about us. I think we need to be serious, and I think we need to be about our business, but I think as a follower of Christ, we ought to have a little sunshine in our heart. We ought to have a little, well, I've got the joy of the Lord in my heart. Please tell your face, because we don't know. You've not yet notified your face that you've got the joy of the Lord in your heart. And so I want to give you this morning five ways to rest well. All right? Five ways to rest well. Everybody said, I love the man preaching today. I want to give you five ways to rest well. Now, if we will hear and do this, this will help everybody in the room. Now, let me confess this morning. We're talking about rising with the resurrection, okay? Let me confess that I do not do all these five things perfectly, but they are in my heart, they're on my radar, and they will help everybody in the room, but it's going to hit everybody in the room as well because we live in a very busy, chaos-filled, hectic society. Has anybody ever noticed that there's a few things going on, there's a few things to do, there's a few emails to answer, there's a few text messages? You know why I love going on mission trips? Not only do you get to go and bless people and love people, but I can't call anybody because I don't have an international plan. Nobody can call me. I love it. I'm totally isolated. Now, you know, you got to come back to reality sometimes. But I want to help you today. I want to give you five ways to rest well. Look at Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 9 declares this. So there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. Now there's three things going on in this passage. It's kind of hard to tell if, if you don't understand the context and read the entire chapter. But there is the literal rest from actual physical work. Meaning I worked hard yesterday and then today I'm actually going to hang out, take a nap, I'm actually going to rest. And then there's also the rest about resting from working for and earning God's promises. How many know God has promises for our family? God has promises for our church. But there's, a, there's a, a, an error in Christendom today where if you pray enough, God will answer your prayer. Or if you read your Bible long enough, God will meet your needs. Or if you give money in the offering plate, and you should give money in the offering plate. Can I have an amen? Well, I thought I'd get a little better response than that. We're not taking another offering. You should give, you should pray, you should fast, but I'm not doing any of those things because I'm hoping that if I fast enough, the stingy God of heaven will release what's in His hand and give it to me. God loves me. He's given me all things that pertain to life and godliness. I'm in a covenant with God. How many of you know we're in a covenant with God? But how many know in a covenant there is blessing, but there's also obligation? Let me explain. How many of you in the house are married? Okay, how many of you won't admit it? <laughs> You're in a covenant with that spouse. How many know it's a give and take? There's expectations in the house. Can I have an amen? And so that's the same thing with God. I don't pray because if I pray or, 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 or if I get enough people praying, now I'll call you and I'll have you help me pray. We'll join our faith together. But God doesn't hear us more if 10,000 people are praying versus me and Susan. You see what I'm saying? There's a misnomer in the body of Christ. I'm not against prayer chains. I'm not against... I've had times in my life where I will call folks and say, agree with me. But God is not going to hear me more because I hit the 10,000 mark on my Facebook page because now I've got 10,000 people praying. Now I'm going to wake God up from his sleep and he's, he's going to hear me. And so again, I'm not against praying. I'm not, if, if, if a 10,000 member prayer chain is your favorite thing, please don't be offended. It's just, I understand that it, the Bible says, if two or more agree touching anything, it shall be done. Meaning when I get with my wife and we pray and agree on something, there is as much power available if 10,000 people are praying. Now, should we pray? Yes. Can 10,000 people pray about one deal? Yes. But I'm not getting God to hear me more because of it. That, ladies and gentlemen, is works. And this is a Sabbath rest from working for, earning, or deserving God's promises. Do you know why Tyler is blessed by God? Because God loves Tyler. It has nothing to do with how much he prays and gives and serves. Now, those things put you in position to receive from God. God is doing his best to get you blessings. God is doing his best to get you peace. And you should put yourself in position to receive. But God doesn't give Tyler more blessings because he reads and prays and fasts all day long. God gives Tyler blessings because Jesus Christ died on the cross and God raised him from the dead. Amen? So there is a Sabbath rest 
from working for God's love. And then there's a Sabbath rest perpetually in heaven when we're with the Lord. We're, we're totally at rest at that point. So there's three things going on in this passage. Now look at verse 10. And if that bothers you, do two things. Number one, get the podcast and listen to it again so you actually heard what I was saying, not what you think I might have said. And then ask yourself why that bothers you. And then make an appointment with the church office and we will gladly sit down and discuss how you are wrong. Praise the Lord. <laughs> I'm teasing. <coughs> no, I want to help you with that. I really do. You'll see that I'm right. Praise God. Look at verse 10. For the one who has entered his rest. Somebody say rest. rest. So we're rising with the resurrection. There's a rest and renewal and refreshing as a part of the resurrection. Notice this here, for the one who has entered his rest has himself also entered and rested from his works as God did from his. How many know God worked six days and then he rested on the seventh? Now look at verse 11. Therefore, let us be diligent. Verse 11 declares, therefore, let us be diligent to enter into the rest. Now meaning we got to work, we've got to labor and be diligent to enter into the rest so that no one will fall. How many of you seen Christians who dropped off the map? How many of you seen pastors who quit the ministry? There are thousands of pastors quitting the ministry every month. Thousands of churches close the doors every single month. Good people like you and me walk away from church and walk away from God every single month. So I'm going to connect something here with you. Rest and refreshing with staying power. So we just said we must be diligent to enter into the rest. Why? Why do we be diligent to receive this rest and refreshing so that no one will fall through following the same example of disobedience? So friends, your sustainability and your walk with God is connected to you understanding the rest and refreshing that comes from rising with the resurrection so that no one will fall. Now look at verse 12. Verse 12 says this, For the word of God is living and active. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It pierces as far as the soul and spirit, the morrow, and is able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. So I want to give you this morning, very quickly, five ways to rest well. Because it's staying power. This is how you sustain your walk with God. Are we ready? Can I have an amen if you're ready? All right, number one, you'll see it on the screen, be diligent in your resting. Meaning, society is pulling you towards busyness. Society is pulling you towards always being connected. My Facebook on my phone doesn't like it when I log out. It tries not to let me log out. It doesn't want me to log out. Why? Because it wants me to be connected all the time. I, I'm not against Facebook. I'm just telling you this. Whatever you do with Facebook is your own deal. But when I get on and read whatever I want to read, I log off after that. I don't want that thing dinging me all day long. If something's important happening with Gail, Gail should call me and tell me, hey, this is happening to me. Amen? I had a good friend who had a heart attack and I didn't find out about it until two weeks later because I'm like an every two-week guy on Facebook. You know, I just spy on all you people to make sure you're still saved and still married and all that, still alive. I mean, just checking in, you know. And I, I called the guy and I said, Ron, I said, I saw on Facebook you had a heart attack. He's like, yeah, man, it was like three weeks ago. So why don't you tell somebody? He said, I put it on Facebook. I said, why don't you tell somebody that you had a heart attack? So in a society where you should work more, where you should do more with your children, Every child in the house wants to play this sport, this sport, this sport, wants to be involved in this and this and this. How many know as a mom and dad, you are not a professional taxi? Can I have an amen? I'm just staying. If you're going to enter into the rest, if you're going to rest well, you must be diligent about entering to your rest. I have a, uh, a pastor that I follow who said this, if Satan cannot get you big, he'll get you busy. Meaning tomorrow... I'm not going to commit adultery on my wife. I love her. We've got an established relationship. Overnight, he's not going to get me in a big sin. I'm not going to just steal money from the church tomorrow and move to Mexico. I'm just not going to do it. I'm not going to get me big overnight. But Satan might be able to get me busy. And if he can get me busy, then I might even lose my own soul. Doesn't the Bible say, what, what does it profit a man or woman 
if he gains the whole world but loses his own soul? There are more important things in life than money. Can I have an amen? Money doesn't buy happiness, but it sure helps. I mean, we all love money. Everybody in the room would take more money. If you don't want more money, when you get it, give it to me. I'll find out what to do with it. I know we can, we can bless some folks. But there's more to life than just money. There's more to life than just a paycheck. There's more to life than just sports. Can I have an amen? There's more to life than just being so busy and so consumed that you don't have time for God or your family. Remember, I'm not here to make friends today. I'm just here to help you. So we got to be diligent to enter into rest. You actually labor to enter into God's rest. It's, it's our uh, work and work and performance-based society that really blocks us from doing this. So number two, I want you to see this. Not only do you have to take it serious to enter into God's rest, meaning you have to realize you need to enter into the rest and refreshing, but number two, you have to be willing to invest in yourself. I call this being selflessly selfish. Being selflessly selfish. It, when I have a family, four kids, beautiful wife, church, the whole deal. It is very challenging. I have to make sure that I take time to invest in me. If I am not healthy and I am not whole, I cannot help anybody. If my body is run down and my body is broken and my mind is broken, if I am not investing in me, listen, mom and dad, if you are not healed, healthy, and whole, you cannot help your children. You cannot give what you don't have. You must invest in yourself, meaning you should attempt to eat right. You should attempt to exercise. You should attempt to take care of your body. You should attempt to have a little me time. Let me just give yourself a hug right now. Just want to invest in yourself. You Now, this is not at the neglect of your family. This is not at the neglect of your responsibilities. But time and time again, we see Jesus going to the mountain to pray. We see Jesus getting alone by Himself. We see Jesus separating Himself. This is what I put. If your life is broken, you can't help anyone else. Get a hobby. Get a hobby. Say it with me. Say, get a hobby. Tell your neighbor, you really could use a hobby. <laughs> what do you enjoy? Is it gardening? Is it whatever? You need a hobby. You need... you. Might, well, I don't have time. I'm too busy. And I heard another pastor who went through a similar health situation. And he was so busy. Someone gave him a tape and said, Pastor, I really felt like the Lord wanted me to give you, me to give you this tape. And it was on the Sabbath and resting. And the pastor said, I was so busy that I didn't listen to the tape that could have saved my life a lot sooner than what the Lord intervened. The answer is here. But you've got to be willing to invest in yourself. You have to be selflessly selfish. And I can't tell you what that looks like for you. But I can tell you, you will never rise with a resurrection. You'll never walk in all the promises of God if you are on empty every single day. How many of you would be honest and say, I've come to church before on empty and I've had to fake it the whole time? Come on. I figured I'd have a few more responses in that. The rest of them are just liars. Me and Bradley, we're the only honest ones. We've been empty before and had to fake it. I mean, you fake it until you make it, right? you got to invest in yourself. If you are not willing to invest in yourself, you can't help anybody else. So you must do that. Now, look at number three. If you're going to rest well, you must invest in your family and relationships. This morning at 5.30, when I was working on some things here, just refreshing and praying for you, I felt like the Lord gave me a little nugget. And it's a hard nugget, but it's so true. Oftentimes the casualties of our overworkload and our overproduction are the relationships most important to us. Listen, I'm a pastor. I have to sit in the counseling sessions when marriages fall apart. I'm a pastor. I have to sit in the counseling sessions when the kids are going crazy. And I understand kids can go crazy whether you do all the right things or not. I understand that. But I, I'm, I'm the one that has to sit and listen to the, the wife that's broken because the marriage is falling apart or the relationships with the family is falling apart. Listen to this again. Oftentimes, the casualties of our overworkload and our overproduction are the relationships that matter most to us. Now, I know there are different seasons in life that are busier than others. So I understand. I understand there's times when we've got more going on. We've got... You know, I understand. I know I'm talking to a lot of busy people in the room. I'm probably one of the busiest people in the room. I get it. I understand. But I can't sacrifice my family because I'm so busy. Does that make sense? So let me tell you something else I put here. Take vacations. 
Say it with me. Say vacation. If you have not taken a vacation, you need to. We just talked as a pastoral staff the other day. This summer we're going to take vacations, staggered, and we're not going to tell you which weeks. So you just have to be surprised. But I'm going to take like two weeks off, man. I'm not going to do anything church-related for like two weeks. And we're going to have all the staff do that as well. Why? Because we need vacations. I am not that important that the world will stop spinning on its axis if I don't do one thing. I'm not that important that the whole world will unravel if I don't take that phone call. The other day, we were sitting at the dinner table. We eat dinner as a family together almost every night. It's very rare that we don't eat as a family. And if you can't do that, no, not throwing stones at you. But I'm trying to help our young folks here. When you get married and have kids and a family, eat dinner as a family. And make your kids talk to you. How school did it? Good. Well, what was good about it? I don't know. Well, if you don't know, how is it good? It's just good. I need more here. And listen, we don't leave the table until we're all done. You know why? Because we're going to talk to one another. There's a novel idea. Went to a restaurant the other day, saw four teenage girls sitting at the table, and they were all like texting. Not one of them was talking to each other. I was like, why even go out to dinner? <laughs> What's funny is they're probably texting each other. That's what's probably. <laughs> so we're eating dinner the other day. You ought to eat dinner. Some of these college students are like, I came to church for this. This will help you, I promise you. This will save your life. Remember, so we don't fall. Remember, this is important that we learn how to rest. We learn how to invest in ourselves. We learn how to invest in our Eating dinner the other day and the phone rang. What did my kids do? They jump up to go get it. I said, sit back down. They said, well, somebody's calling you. I said, it can wait. They said, what if they need you? I said, they'll still need me in 30 minutes. Said, what if it's an emergency? It'll still be an emergency in 30 minutes. Oh, you shouldn't do that. I am not Jesus. I am not your Savior. If you, if you are so dependent upon me doing something for you in 10 minutes, you are way more connected to me than you are Jesus. And if it's a major problem, the Holy Spirit can tap me on the shoulder and say, hey, would you pray for so-and-so right now? Do you not believe the Holy Spirit can do that? And so I do that. I, what, what am I doing? I'm teaching my kids, you are more important than whoever's calling me. Well, what if it was Bob? Well, you're really more important than whoever's calling me. I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing. And then my wife chimed in. She said, well, they can leave a voicemail. Have you know, my wife appreciated the fact that I didn't care who, I didn't even get up and look. I didn't care. I'm having dinner with my family. I'm investing in my relationships. You know what, my wife, she appreciates that because it's very, very important. Take vacations, go on dates. Anybody in agreement on here? Especially if you're married. Single people are like, yeah, I'll take you up on that, Pastor. We'll go on dates. <laughs> yes, primarily married people. You need to continue to date your spouse. Invest in your marriage. You can't give what you don't have. Invest in your family. Remember, the casualties are the relationships we love the most. So we're going to be diligent about this rest. We're going to be aware we need to rest. We're going to invest in ourselves. We're going to invest in our family and our relationships. Number four, number four is we're going to keep the Sabbath principle. Now, despite what some people really get tore up about, can you pull up number four? Despite what some people really get very... In my opinion, my understanding, the Sabbath is not a day now for us in the New Testament. It's more of a principle. I'm not going to fight you if we should have church on Saturdays or Sundays or, you know, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the Sabbath principle. So in the Old Testament, the Sabbath was they would work and do everything they needed in six days and they would rest on the seventh day. Where did they get that from? God worked six days and He rested on the seventh. So as a family, there are different ways that we keep the Sabbath principle. Just the other day, I was talking to my wife, Tara. We were evaluating our Sabbath principle. We were evaluating our work schedule. We were evaluating our days off. And we were talking through as a family, what does this look like for us? It's not going to look like what it does for Rick and Susan. My Sabbath principle with my family is not going to look like what it does for Jim. This is something that I have to be led by the Lord in. But listen, if you do not come apart with the Lord, your life will come apart. Once a quarter, as a family, we do something. We get away, we go do something. doesn't have to be expensive. 
doesn't have to be a big deal, but once a quarter, we're going to get away for a day or two, even if it's to go stay with family. Well, I don't have any money. Do you have any family in Knoxville? Yes, go stay at their house. Just do something. Get out of your normal routine. Just do something. Invest in yourself. Invest in your family. Don't be legalistic about it. But everyone in the room, including the preacher, we need a day of rest. It's a part of rising with the resurrection. Now, I can't put a law on you and tell you what that looks like for your family, but I can tell you that you will fall if you do not take it. You will not have longevity in your family. You will not have longevity in ministry. You will not have longevity in your church. You will certainly not have longevity in your health if you do not honor this principle. God Himself started it in the very beginning. One of the first things we read is God worked six days, rested on the seventh. I mean, if God needed a rest, we need a rest. Amen? So again, I hope this helps you understand our seasons. Turn the phone off. Take time and rest and reflect once a quarter. Get away. If you don't learn to come apart with the Lord, your life will come apart. And let me tell you what that looks like in different areas. It's really hard for me and my schedule to take an entire day where I just don't do anything. So what we do right now is we kind of take half days. Saturday evenings, uh, post lunchtime, I really don't do anything at all church related. Now, I work during the week as well, just like you. have a regular job, so I do a lot of church things on the weekends. And so I'll get up early and do what, some things I need to do on Saturday mornings. After about noon, I, don't do, I try not to do anything else if I can. And I try to rest and hang out with my family. We'll go have dinner at the in-laws and then Sunday night. So I'll take basically half of Saturday and, and then I'll take half of Sunday evenings. Don't ever ask me to do anything on a Sunday evening. You're probably going to get a no. <laughs> I, mean, it's, I mean, very rarely we'll do something on a Sunday. But that's my time. Well, what do you do? I just hang out with my kids. I just talk to my wife. I do what my hobby is. That's a time that I rest and get away. Here's how else I do it. At the office I work at during the week, I uh, take a walk. I'll take a break, a 10-minute break, a 15-minute break, and, and I've got a little path that I'll go, and there's some buildings, and I'll go, and I'll leave the phone on the desk, and for 15 minutes, I'll take a walk out in the woods in the, na in the nature, and I'll just talk to the Lord, and I'll just meditate, and I'll just refresh, because if I don't come apart with the Lord, my life is going to come apart. And Jesus instilled this refreshing in the disciples. Number five, we're going to be diligent. We're going to be willing to invest. We're going to invest in our family. We're going to keep the Sabbath principle. Look at number five. Stay connected to the Lord and your church family. Stay connected to the Lord and your church family. Now, here's how I do this. Look at the next screen. We plan our calendar and we plan our finances. Go to the next screen there. So what I call it is, is starting the month with God, and I call this budgeting and planning. How do, we, how do we practically take steps to staying connected to the Lord, staying connected to our church? I look at my calendar at the beginning of the month, and I'll go, I'll be at church here, I'll be at church here, I'm going to do this, I'll do this. If you do not manage your calendar, it will manage you. If you do not control your schedule, it will control you, ladies and gentlemen. So I'll sit down and I'll look, and, and let me just encourage you, if your life is so chaotic and so busy, and it's about to blow up, it's like a pressure cooker. Anybody ever been there? you got situations like a pressure cooker and it's about to explode, but you're too busy. We never see you at Life Group. We never see you at Wednesday Night Bible Study. We never see you at Women of Grace. We never seen you at Journeyman Men's Breakfast. Because you're too busy, there is a reason why your life is about to come apart at the seams. It's because you're too busy. Again, I don't mean that negative. I'm not trying to be condemning. I'm working on this, but I start out and I budget. I budget my tithe, what I'm going to give to the Lord at the beginning of the month. I, I look at my calendar. These are the days I'm going to serve the Lord. These are the days I'm going to be at church. These are the days I'm going to rest and and write it in on your family. Even if it's one day a month, circle it and say, "This is family day. This is me day." Put it on the calendar. Number two, start the week off with God. I call this worship and resting. That's what we're doing today. We're worshiping together and we're resting. And then start each day with God. This is praying and studying. These are some really practical ways to help you move towards the rest and refreshing. If life is hard and you're dry all the time and down and out, let's look at our calendars. Let's look at our schedules. Are we having time with the Lord? Are we getting away as a family? Well, I'm just too busy. I don't know if I could do that. I'm telling you, the Lord may be giving us some warnings in this place that our health can't hold this. If you burn the candle at both ends, it's going to burn out. And I'm as guilty as anybody. But I don't want you to fall. And there's a rest and refreshing that comes from the resurrection. 
So I want to help you with that this morning. All right, number five, and we're going to land the plane, the fifth realm of rising with the resurrection. How many of you, that helped? Would you be honest to say that helped? All right. And I knew what I was getting into when I brought it, so I didn't expect you to shout me down. All right, number five, the fifth point of rising with the resurrection, if you could pull that up, is this right here. It's a real, reliable power source. So I have a revelation and illumination about the resurrection. It leads to regeneration and rebirth. It leads to a reactivation of God's promises. I'm renewed and I'm refreshed and I'm resting in the Lord because I have a real power source. Look with me real quick as we close this out at Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8 declares this. It says, And you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to all the earth. So remember in John 20, Jesus breathed on the disciples. There is a power that comes. We have a reliable power source. How many of you have ever been out of the country? Let me see your hand. Man, I've been to some countries, and you don't know if the power is going to stay on or off. You may be in the shower, and the lights go out. And you're like, what happened? And the power just dies. So it's not very reliable. How many of you have ever used a string trimmer or a weed eater or a leaf blower, some kind of gas-powered thing, and you could not get that thing to start? It was not very reliable. I spent, I spend more time, I, I told my wife the other day, I said, I spend more time fighting with my weed eater than I do actually trimming. And, and I was so frustrated, Crystal, the other day. Some of you are like, yeah, Pastor, I know where you are. I, I'm telling you, like four times I took the string out and rewound it. Some of you are like, I don't even know what a weed eater is. What are you talking about? <laughs> You've been resting too much. <laughs> I took the weed eater deal and, and, and four times, I'm embarrassed to admit this, Tito, four times I stopped because the, the string would cut off and it wouldn't, it wouldn't go come out, you know, you're supposed to, you know, hit it and it's supposed to come out. And four times I wound the string in there and finally I felt the Holy Spirit say, hey, you're winding it the wrong way. And I said, ah, it's amazing how those things work when you wind it in the correct direction. And I thought, this is just not reliable. But listen, ladies and gentlemen, as a part of the resurrection, we're going to rest, we're going to be renewed, but we have, we have a reliable power source. Meaning when you need God, He's not going to let you down. You shall receive power after the Holy Spirit comes upon you. After the resurrection, the Holy Spirit was given. Now here's, here's where I want to leave this today. Look at Philippians 3.10. The Holy Spirit is a reliable power source. Meaning when you need the power of God in your life, it will be there. Look at this with me in Philippians 3.10. I want you to see this. It says, For my determined purpose this is Paul praying, is that I may know Him, that I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with Him. Is this your prayer? Is this your heart? He said that I would perceive and recognize and understand the wonders of His person more strongly and more clearly. I mean, you know, that ought to be everyone's heart in the room. Go on to the next screen. Go to the next passage. So the next part of this verse says that I may in the same way come to know the power outflowing from His resurrection. So as a part of the resurrection, there is a power source. The very Spirit that raised God from the dead now lives in me and I can be filled with His Spirit. It says, Paul prayed that I would come to know the power that outflows from His resurrection, which is now being exerted over believers so that I may also share in His sufferings. How many know that's not a verse we're quoting every day? Lord, I thank You today that I share in Your sufferings. How many of you have that one highlighted in your Bible? But it's so that we can be continually transformed. Here's where I want to leave you today. We have a reliable power source that is continually transforming you. I'm not a perfect individual. I've not arrived. I'm still being transformed. I'm still growing closer to the Lord every day. I don't have all this right, but I have a reliable power source that is helping me be transformed in my spirit into His likeness. Every single day, I'm, I'm becoming a little more and a little more like Jesus. And so I submit to you this morning that the power that Paul had to be a witness, look at verse 11, the power that Paul had to be a witness. He said that if, I, that if it's possible, I may attain to the resurrection that lifts me out from among the dead. So the power that Paul had to be a witness and the power that Paul had to endure the sufferings came from the resurrection. That power is available to us.
so that we would attain spiritually and morally the resurrection which lifts us out from among the dead. Ladies and gentlemen, we can rise with the resurrection. These are realms that we can rise to and we can make a difference for the Lord. Look at last scripture. I want you to see this. John 16. Why was it important for Jesus to be raised from the dead and taken back to heaven? It's because he left a reliable power source in the person of the Holy Spirit. And if you want to be lifted out from among the dead, let, let the Holy Spirit fill you every part of your being. Look at this scripture here. But I tell you the truth that it is to your advantage that I go away. If I do not go away, the Helper, the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send Him to you. It is more advantageous for us to have the Holy Spirit here than Jesus Himself. Why is that? Because Jesus was one man. Jesus could only be in one place at one time. If Bradley's talking to Jesus, I'm out of luck. But because the Holy Spirit's here, He's everywhere all the time, and He can be ministering to Gail here, and be ministering in South Africa, and be ministering in Mexico. Ladies and gentlemen, God's goal for you is to be transformed into life. We have a reliable power source that is bringing us along and transforming us. Last scripture, we'll let you go. I think I said this was the last, but this is closing number three. Hey, we don't have church tonight. We might as well throw it all at you. Amen? Look at Romans chapter 8. I really didn't mean to lie, but apparently I did. Romans 8. This is important. Romans 8. So we're rising with the resurrection. We're learning to be rest and refreshed by the Holy Spirit. This is, this is what happens when you become a Christ follower. You're raised out of the ashes. You're raised from the dead spiritually. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. How many know we, we have a weakness as humans? For we do not know what to pray as we should. There are many times in life that I don't know how to pray for you. I don't know what's going on in your life. I don't know all the details. I have a weakness in, in my human knowledge. But it says, the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groanings that are even too deep for words. Look at verse 27. So the Holy Spirit now begins to pray. He searches the heart. He knows what is the mind of the Spirit. Because He, the Holy Spirit, intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Look at verse 28. Verse 28 declares, and we know this, when, we, when the Holy Spirit helps us pray, we know that all things work together. If you could go back to that scripture in Romans 8, 28. And we know that all things, God causes all things to work together for the good of those that love God and to those who are called according to His purpose. So ladies and gentlemen, God has a plan for you and there is a rising that can happen because of the resurrection. We have a reliable power source in the resurrection. Isn't that good news? Amen. I hope this helped you today. It sure helped me. And uh, I'm going to go home tonight and practice what I preached, man. I'm going to take my Sunday afternoon nap, so don't call me. <laughs> Let's pray together. Lord, we just love you. Thank you that we do have a reliable power source. As we're going to begin to look at in the next few weeks, Lord, this power source and how it's available to us. We commit to resting with you. We commit to revelation. Lord, we commit today to rise with a resurrection. And Lord, as you lift us up, as we rise with you, God, let us take others with us. God, not only are we to rise in our life to be lifted because of the resurrection, the power and the Holy Spirit that's been released in the earth, but Lord, we are to rise to bring others with us. God, my prayer is on the day when I stand before you, I don't stand with excuses. God, I don't stand empty-handed. I hope there is a line thousands and thousands deep behind me, Lord. Because not only did I allow my life to rise with the resurrection, not only did I tap into your reliable power source, not only did I rest so I finish well, but Lord, I brought thousands and thousands with me. God, that's my prayer this morning for your people. That we would rise with the resurrection. And that we would share this story and tell everybody we see that they can rise as well. In Jesus' name, every head bowed, every eye closed. Just want to give you an opportunity this morning. You may be in this house today and you may say, I need prayer. I've got a lot going on in my life. You may be in this house today and say, I came searching for answers. I came empty and hurting and I need God to do something in my life. I came today as kind of a last ditch effort because... I need a miracle from the Lord. You may be in this house this morning and need prayer for any of those. Would you just slip your hand up so we can pray for you? Anybody in the house today? 
Say, I need prayer. I need you to pray with me. Yes, amen. Anybody else say, I want you to pray, Pastor, that God will do a work in my life. Amen. I want to ask everybody to stand. Lord, I pray for those who are in this house today that are going through tests and trials and situations. Pray for those, Lord, who feel like they don't have any hope. I pray, Lord, that your resurrection power will lift them this morning. And Father, we pray over every family represented. We thank you that that you are loving us, God, that you're teaching us and calling us to yourself. And Lord, we pray a blessing over them. Lord, we pray protection over them. Lord, intervene in every situation. God, intervene in every situation this morning. Now, I want to talk to you if you're out there this morning with your eyes closed for just a moment. If you've never given your life to Jesus, you don't have to stay dead spiritually. If you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, He loves you and cares so much about you. This rising with His resurrection is available to you. So if that's you this morning, I want to pray with you. If you say, Pastor James, I've never surrendered my life to Jesus. Or, or I, I was a, a believer as a child, but I've, I've walked away from God. And I want to reaffirm my commitment. I want to reaffirm my commitment to Jesus. Jesus has been calling you. He's been drawing you. The Bible says in Romans 3.23 that all have sinned and come short of God's glory, of His perfect plan. Romans 5.8 says, but when we were separated and sinners apart from God, that Christ died for us. Romans 6.23 says, The wages of sin are death, eternal judgment. You know why I preach? You know why I share? Because I want you to be delivered from the eternal judgment. It says, But the gift of God is eternal life. Romans 10 says, that Whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. If God's knocking on your heart this morning to surrender to Him once and for all, finally make a decision so you can rise with this resurrection power. You can become a new creation on the inside. You can get life again. You can have a fresh start. If that's you and you'd like me to pray with you today, would you just slip up your hand? Anybody in the room say, that's me, Pastor James. I'm going to pray that prayer today. Amen. It looks like we're all believers in the house, which is good. But man, let's bring people in that need this message. Let's bring people in that are, that are needing the power that we have. Amen. Amen. I want to ask Rick to come uh, and just pray over us and dismiss us. We sure love you. We're so glad that you were here today. Can we give the Lord one more hand of praise? Thanks for coming. We want to hang out with you in fellowship, get to know you more, get some snacks. But we just encourage you this week to go out and live for Jesus. Just make a difference for the Lord. Amen.